Amen. While I get ready, look to your neighbor and discuss suicide. Ask the question, do you think it's a sin that can send you to hell? Every week we're going to be doing this, playing a video, talking about something that's in the news, a taboo, a hot topic, and I want you guys to discuss. Come on, discuss it with each other. What do you think? Is suicide a damnable act? Or is it something that somebody does because they were a victim, maybe of depression or so forth? Take a few more moments to do that. Discuss. What are your views? What do you think? Thank you for coming today. All right. Did you get started in an argument? <laughs> are you talking to somebody you agree with? All right. Today we're going to be discussing in our Worldview Sermon Series the question, and every week it will come with the question, suicide, a disease, or a damnable act? We have to take this question serious because it is a serious issue in our culture right now. Suicide is responsible for 44,965 deaths a year, making it the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. And the number one preventable death. This means we could save 44,000 lives right now if they follow this message. Suicide has risen 25% over the last couple of decades, when we have known the most about mental health, brain scanning, medication, it's still rising by 25%. And 10% just since Robin Williams killed himself in 2014. Sadly, as some of you have might, might have seen, that even pastors have committed suicide one last Sunday. His first attempt was in the church, and then he finally took it the second attempt, his life, and they will suffer the eternal consequences. So this is for pastors or for anyone. If it is a damnable act, you better take warning today. The historic church from Augustine to Thomas Aquinas to my hero John Wesley have all warned about suicide being the sin of self-murder. Yet this epidemic continues to grow and it is falling. The church is falling for the same lies as the godless culture. And so in our Worldview series, next week I'm going to talk about the philosophy of a worldview. You have to understand everybody sees the world through a set of lenses. And now what I see sadly is not only does the world have a godless worldview towards suicide, but the church is putting on the same glasses of the world. Hence the reason. It's an epidemic and it's rising. We're not listening even as Christians to what God said about it. The church must return to the ways of God and see this sin eradicated with a biblical worldview by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are in this church and you are unashamed to share your testimony by standing, I'm going to ask you, because many of you have come on my Facebook post this week and have already testified, if you are in this church and God has delivered you from depression and or thoughts of suicide, would you please stand right now as a testimony of God's amazing grace. Now, would you remain standing as I take a picture to show that God has been faithful in this church to deliver people from this behavior. May I do that? May you put on a big smile. I'm coming your way right now because people think that our church does not see these testimonies because we take such a stance against it, but we do it out of love, don't we? We do it because we love 
people. You may be seated. Thank you again. Let's give it up for them having the courage to do that. So I believe it is a sin, but let me convince those who might not believe it's a sin. I'll get to the scriptures in just a moment, but let me give you the two competing views right now for suicide. It will be up to you whether or not you take the biblical view. When we look at suicide, there's the disease aspect that the world wants to emphasize, and then there's the damnable act in which the Bible emphasizes. Are some of those related? They might be, but once again, the act itself is still sin. I'll explain. Look at the first chart. A disease is a thing in the physical body. Is that what suicide is? Is it a thing? Can I take suicide and paint it red? Can I remove it like a cancer? No, suicide is an act of the will in the mind. Let's test it right now in a good way. Everybody raise any hands you want, left or right. Pick one, raise it. Now set it down whenever you want. No matter what they would do in a brain scan, that act of your will cannot be affected by medicine, nor can it be affected by someone puppeteering you in hypnosis. The act of the will is something you decide. Now, can you be deceived and make wrong decisions? Yes. Can somebody drug you up and knock you out and then move your body around? Yes. But when we were talking about suicide, we're not talking about accidents, somebody not knowing what they're doing, and we're not talking about something that they couldn't prevent. Suicide is an act of the will, not a disease. A disease is something your will cannot stop. Just because you have cancer and you don't want it doesn't mean you can stop cancer, can you? Just because I have glasses on and, and I say, I don't want to wear glasses anymore. Can I stop it with my will? But you can stop and start actions by your will all the time. A disease can be cured with medicine. Suicide cannot be cured with medicine. Let me give you an example how acts of the will cannot be cured with medicine. Let's say you have a teenage child and they're in your house and you see that the room is messy and you say to them, I want you to clean your room. And they say back, I don't want to clean my room. And, and you say, yes, you have to clean your room or you can't see your friends. And then they begrudgingly go to clean their room. They start doing it. And, and then the, you look at them and say, why, why do you have such a bad attitude? Because you're making me clean my room, but in my mind I'm still not clean cleaning my room. You see, the act of the will is something only the decider knows, and that is the realm of suicide. When you raised your hand, you decided, was it left or right? That's why they, they decide when they take their life, is it a gun? Is it a bridge? Am I hanging myself? Can this hold my body? They're making many rational thoughts along the way, most of them writing letters, and most of them not having any history of mental illness, but I'm getting ahead of myself. A suicide or any action cannot be cured with medicine. Number three, a disease cure rate is in treatment is not based solely on the patient's will. Now, we know that patients who go through treatment having a good attitude help their body go through the treatment. The Bible actually teaches that a happy or a merry heart does your body like medicine. That is true. But listen, whether or not my will cooperates with my glasses does not change that my eyes now properly see. 
This is how a disease or a sickness works. It is purely physical, and it, it results in physical symptoms, and then those physical symptoms are treated by medicine, and the cure rate is not dependent upon the will. Otherwise, everybody taking cancer medication would only go to one chemotherapy. It would be done because how many know they will to get out of there? But a suicide, a suicide's cure is wholly dependent upon the will of the patient. I'll be getting into medical science in just a little bit, but the number one determining factor on whether or not you or anybody else will commit suicide has nothing to do with your sick brain, has nothing to do with antipsychotic drugs, has nothing to do with your environment. Whether or not anybody commits suicide or doesn't is the act of the will. That is the only determinative factor that every single person who has committed suicide has in common that they decided to kill themselves. There's schizophrenic people who have not killed themselves. There's been massively depressive people that have not killed themselves. There's been people in the Holocaust that have not killed themselves. What is the determinative factor in every single suicide attempt and one that has done the act of the will? So what does the Bible say to help us now decide? Let's go to the scripture. Now we know the facts, right? We know the facts. I didn't have to make the Bible to be the fact. I know the Bible's already the fact. I come with that, but I hope that I've already convinced you. It's not a disease. It's an act of the will. Now what does Proverbs 14, 12 says? There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. So you think you know better than God. You didn't give yourself your life in your mother's womb. You didn't knit yourself together in your mother's womb. But now you're going to blow your brains out. You don't have the right to do that. Your way of thinking leads you to death. Get rid of stinking thinking and trust God. Can I hear an amen? But I have a few more slides before I go into the preaching section of the word. I just want to convince you and show you that everything in society that is based on good science and truth will always confirm the word. The Bible is not afraid of science. We're not afraid of what doctors discover because those who are discovering are doing it by the brain God gave them. Now understand this. Mental illness does not equal suicide. How do we know that? There are more mentally ill people today than there are suicide victims today. Why is it not that mental illness equals suicide? Is because mental illness does not make you its puppet and control you like Pinocchio. Can mental illness be a risk factor? Yes, but it is not the factor. Genetics can influence suicide. How you have been raised, your environment, whether or not you have had a brain injury, traumatic brain injury. There can be risk factors according to drug and alcohol addictions towards things that maybe you have done that you now regret, grief, and so forth. All of these things have nothing to do with the actual act of suicide. Suicide stands by itself. Why is that? The man who took a plane in Seattle and took it for a joyride and crashed it into the, the woods in Seattle had none of these things. No mental illness, no genetics, no environment, no risk factor. He just wanted to die. And we'll hear that from many of those who write suicide letters. Now, can these things be, provide extra temptation to the person making the act of the will? Absolutely. But no one gets 
gets a free pass into heaven by taking their life and then claiming I was mentally ill, it was because of genetics, it was my environment or risk factors. Let me ask you a question. Do we accept any of those things for the action over here on this side? No, for anything. What about abortion? What about murdering your children? And so forth and so on. Those are all acts of the will. God will hold you responsible for them. Proverbs 8, 35 through 36 says this. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Even the suicidal person who kills their family, then themselves, they will be judged because they themselves suffered alone and did not call out to God for help. Now, those of you here may think, well, pastor is calling out to God all that I do for help. No, because these may be issues you're facing with, and just like I call out to God, and then I put on a pair of glasses and I can see better, you may have brain injury. You may have low chemicals in your body. You may have genetic factors, but what will be the determinative factor to whether or not you commit suicide? It won't be just the treatment. It will be your will to find Jesus and your will to do things his way, otherwise you will harm yourself and you will love death. That's the truth behind suicide. A disease or a damnable act. What are the number one reasons for suicide? Unbelief, despair, will to die, and pride. Those things are not necessarily related at all to these other things. The actual reason of the will for taking your own life are the roots right here. You don't believe there's a hell that you're going to go to. Because if you think you're ending suffering now, my friends, if running from suffering is your desire, you're not taking your life according to the Bible because you're going to hell to suffer now for eternity. So that must mean you don't believe you're going to hell. Hello, somebody. You must be in despair, listen, not thinking that God can heal your pain. So now you're making God a liar. Jesus said, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. Which now leads to pride because instead of accepting Christ's healing, you now accept the devil's defeat. And now you want to die instead of live. Look what Proverbs says in 9, 10 through chapters 9, chapter 9, verses 10 through 12. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You can understand these things. If a suicidal victim can understand how to write a note, if they can understand how to drive to go to the Golden Gate Bridge instead of the bridge at Looney Tunes and Woodfield and jump off that one, if they can understand those things, they can understand repentance and coming to Jesus Christ in faith. For through wisdom, your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you will suffer alone. Suicidal victims suffer alone, not because God is not there, not because people don't want to help them, but because they refuse to be helped, and they're in their suffering, in their deception. Not only will they suffer suicide alone, they will be in the lake of fire alone. So what do you believe suicide is now? I think that proves suicide is a damnable act. But if that wasn't enough, 
Let me go now to the best that medical science has to offer us because medical science actually backs up the things that I'm saying right now. I have all the links on my notes, and then I'm going to start preaching. In the Delhi Psychiatry Journal, look at what they're saying now. There is no unifying underlying pathophysiology for either suicide or depression. There is not one factor in your body or in your mind for suicide or depression. It is a mystery to why some do and some don't. Why? Because it's the mystery of your soul. Why did you put on the clothes you have today? Why did you eat the meal you have today? Why are you going through life with the way you're going through it? It is 100% dependent upon you, not your brain, not your body. It's your choice. The World Psychiatry Journal says simple, biolog- uh, simple biochemical theories that link low serotonin levels with depressed mood are no longer tenable. They used to treat you as a bag of chemicals. They believe in evolution. That's all you are then, aren't you? According to them, come on, somebody, can I hear an amen? amen. If according to evolution you don't have a soul, then what is your brain? It's just a bag of chemicals. So how are they going to treat you? Just like a bag of chemicals. And one of the chemicals they saw that were related to happiness was serotonin. But you know the problem with serotonin is? They don't understand how it works with your mood because your mood is determined by your serotonin. And serotonin, uh, your mood affects serotonin. So what is it? Serotonin first or mood first? Let me give you an example. If I came to you right now with a candle that is burning, and I said to you, tell me how long this candle has, bur- has been burning, would you know how long? No, all that you could do is now look at the burn rate that you're, that you're observing. You could see that maybe the, the, the wax is melting one centimeter every 10 minutes. And so you may now think to yourself, well, since it's melting one centimeter every 10 minutes, it must have been doing that for a long time. But here's the thing. You don't know how big that candle was to begin with. Was it a foot-long candle or a 10-foot candle? Did the candle start off being melted by a blowtorch, a lot of candle wax missing, and then lit at the end? You don't know the causes. All you now know is that this candle is burning at this rate. That's exactly how they're doing guesswork with the chemicals of your brain. They don't know how your brain got into that state. They can take their best guesses. They don't know how long it's been burning at that rate of chemicals. And so simply just pumping you full of chemicals doesn't work. The leading expert on anxiety who wrote the anxiety workbook himself had an anxiety breakdown, had to rewrite his book five years later and say it's not just about chemicals. It's a holistic approach. So now even atheists are having to admit that there is a soul that is in line with your body and you got to heal the mind before you heal the body. Can I hear an amen to that? I haven't even got to preaching, but you can say amen. Suicide, this is the Mayo Clinic, suicide, taking your own life is a tragic reaction to stressful life situations and all the more tragic because suicide can be prevented. Can I prevent someone dying of cancer after I've given them the treatment? No, but the world is now even recognizing we can prevent this. We can prevent this. If we could prevent cancer, how many know we would do it right now? If we could prevent Alzheimer's, we would do it right now. But they're saying this is preventable and treatable. What is the treatment to heal the soul and heal the body? And once again, am I a conspiracy theorist towards the mental health field? No, I have 50 books 
plus on the mental health field from all kinds of doctors. Matter of fact, all these things I'm giving to you are journals from Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, and none of them that I know of are Christian, but every one of them confirmed the Bible when it comes to the modern research. So I don't have to go to the world. I can go to the Bible first, but I'm happy the world is there, and I know they're trying to help. So I'm not saying you can't see a doctor or they can't offer you pills and so forth. But remember this, what we're talking today about suicide, it's not a disease. It's an act of the will, and God will judge it. Let that be in your mind before you blow it out. Can I hear somebody say amen? More than half of the people. Now, here are the things that people don't want to talk about. They always want to paint the, the um, exception to the rule. Well, what if somebody is schizophrenic and now they're on LSD and they think they're being chased by the FBI and so they jump off the building? More than 50% of people commit suicide have no known mental illness. It's not just that it wasn't diagnosed. They were perfectly healthy. This shows the twisted thinking we have in our culture. Going back to the morning show that I was watching about the person taking a joyride in the plane then crashing it, the host said, we did, I hope they can do an autopsy and figure out what was wrong with them. Are you going to take an autopsy of a woman who commits abortion and murders her baby and find out what's wrong with her too? Are you going to take an autopsy and figure out what's wrong with the gangbanger too? Are you going to take an autopsy of the one looking at pornography too? Are we now going to blame every sin on something wrong with the bag of chemicals? But you see, that's all atheists have. And the sad part is Christians are taking on that same mindset. You don't know what you don't know, Christian. You better take serious the things of God. Many factors contribute to suicide. You want to know the factors that they're putting in? None of them have to do with mental health because mental health people who have mental health issues, once again, I love them and I'm praying for them. Listen, that doesn't equal them committing suicide. And this is also part of the problem that happens around school shooting times is those who are working in therapy with the schizophrenic, with the bipolar, with the depressed, they have extra work on their hands because now the patient comes to them and says, will I shoot up a school now? Will I go insane and kill people now? Will I kill myself now? Because that's what the news says. Schizophrenia equals school shooting. They were crazy. Do you see what that does to the people actually facing the issue? They now think it equals those wicked behaviors. No, it doesn't. Suicide is an act of the will, and whatever you're going through in your brain, let God heal you. Let God bless you with his thinking and take the time to heal. You will not. Listen to me, everybody here, no matter what situation you're in, you will not go insane and do something like that if you trust God. You won't hurt others, and you won't hurt yourself. They want to blame mental illness because they think we came from the goo through the zoo to you. They think we're just evolved animals that live by animal instinct. We are not those folks. We believe in the living soul in the body. So what are the problems that the, that the people actually say in their notes to why they're committing suicide? Relationship problems, 42%. Problematic substance abuse, 28%. Crisis in the past or upcoming two weeks, 29%. Criminal legal problems, 9%. Physical health problems, 22%. Loss of housing, 4%. Job or financial problems, 16%. That's from the Center for Disease Control, the CDC. A pastor was found out that he was on a website to find hookers. They, he found out he killed himself. We're going to autopsy his brain now? Are you listening to me? Are we going to try to find what was the factor of that? Like there's, little, like there's a little SUI suicide uh, uh, chip in their brain we're going to remove. It's an act of the will. Watch what you do. Be check yourself before you wreck yourself. 
Suicide notes are left by upwards of 50% of self-murderers. And they say they know exactly why they are doing what they are doing. And then the leading expert right now, Dr. Thomas Joyner, who lost his father to suicide, wrote the leading book, Why People Die by Suicide. And you know what he said the three major reasons are? Perceived burdenness. That means you think the world will be better without you. Number two, failed belonging. There's no way for you to fit into the world. And then number three, now you have the capability of doing it from a bridge to a gun to hanging yourself in a closet. Notice none of those have to do with mental illness. It's not a disease. It's a sinful act of the will. So what should we say as Christians? Mental illness causes suicide? No. A diseased brain causes suicide? No. We should say wicked, selfish, and cowardly sinful acts always are the reasons for suicide. I'll stand on that. I'll debate that right now on the news. I'll bring all my stats and facts. Amen? Send this to your local news reporter. Send this video. All of our stuff is public. My blog is public. I'll stand before any news network. I will put my name on the line for this. This is not only the Bible's perspective, but it is the scientific perspective. Now, before I get into the Bible, can I hear somebody say, make it plain? I'm going to have it be made plain to you right now, and then I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm going to read you some suicide notes. Are you ready for some suicide notes? They're going to be tragic, but I hope that you're, you're listening, and I hope they stick with you. Listen to a suicide note, a single female, 21 years old. My dearest Andrew, it seems as if I've been spending all my life apologizing to you for things that happened, whether they were my fault or not. I'm enclosing your pen because I want you to think of what you took from me every time you see it. I don't want you to think I would kill myself over you because you're not worth any emotion at all. It is what you cost me that hurts, and nothing can replace it. Does she sound mentally insane there? Does she sound, and I mean this in all respect, mentally retarded? Is, is she out of her right mind? My friend, this is what suicide looks like in its last moment. I have had three friends commit suicide. Don't anybody tell me that I can't relate to this. Three. One threw themselves in front of a train, another one hung himself, and another one blew his brains out with a shotgun. I can attest this is their wicked heart. Look at the one male, 51. To whom it may concern. Look at this. Look at how real they are. Thank God that the devil can be exposed when we're open to wisdom. To whom it may concern, though I'm about to kick the bucket, I am as happy as ever. I am tired of this life, so I'm going over to see the other side. Good luck to all. See, right now here, I want you to hear the poll that I had on Facebook and see if it makes sense to you now. Suicide has increased 25% over the last 10 years, 10% just since Will, uh, Robin Williams took his life. Let me ask you a question. Is it because preachers like me have been preaching about it and now they feel so condemned, which people want to make me feel bad for it? Or is it because they think they're going to the other side and having a happy ever after? This is the lie of why it's increasing. 
And by the way, those who want the answer to the poll, it's because people glorify suicide. Right now, since Robin Williams, the epidemic is worth worse. The people in the meth- mental health clinic are at code red because now everyone with suicidal tendencies is seeing the visuals, seeing how people are postmortemly called brave. And now, just like how copycats happened with school shootings, now suicide victims are saying, this is my way to end my life in bravery. They'll have a visual for me. They'll say how brave I was, and now life will go on. And it's the devil's altar call of death. Calling them to the other side. Come and die. God doesn't care about you anymore. There is pain in your life, and you'll find it on the other side. And it's a devil's lie. Jesus says, come and live, and the devil says, come and die. You better wake up, friends. You better wake up, especially those of you who have had friends that are in this situation or family members. You better wake up right now. Heaven and hell is at stake. Look at what this person said right here, married, 45 years old. My darling, may her guts rot in hell. I loved her so much, Henry. These are people who hate their life, and they hate the God who gave it. Here's a divorced female at 61 years old. You cops will want to know why I did it. Well, just let us say that I've lived 61 years too many. People have always put obstacles in my way. One of the great ones is leaving the world when you want to and have nothing to live for. So she's literally saying, you can't tell me when I can die. It's my life. Now listen to what she says here clearly. I am not insane. She wanted to make sure when you got that letter, she under, you understood about her. I am not insane. My mind was never more clear. And somebody may say, well, what about this one? What about this one? I'm not here to play what ifs. The majority are not even close to insane. And the majority are here writing their letters. My friends, this is enough for me to talk about and tell you what it is. It's not an accident. I am not insane. My mind was never more clear. It's been a long day. The motor got so hot. It would not run, so I just had to sit here and wait. She must be dying of carbon dioxide poisoning. The brakes were against me to the last. The sun is leaving the hill now, so hope nothing else happens. How about this? Married 74. What is a few short years to live in hell? So he thinks hell is on earth. That is all I get around here. No more will I have bills to pay. No more will I have to to drive the car. No more will I have to wash, iron, and mend the clothes. No more will I have to eat the leftover articles that were cooked the day before. This is no way to live. Either is it a way to die. Her grub I cannot eat. At night I cannot sleep. I married the wrong nag, 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 and I lost my life. Look at this. To the undertaker. Even writing to the undertaker. To the undertaker, we have plenty of money to give me a decent burial. Don't let my wife and kid, don't let my wife kid you by saying she hasn't got any money. Give this note to the cops. Give me liberty or give me death. I've done four videos on this live already on Facebook. You can check it out if you think I'm skipping information. This is what I've come to confront today. What does the Bible say? Starting in the Ten Commandments, the Bible gives us a clear command. Thou shall not murder. And that includes yourself. Do you understand? You do not have the right to take your life. What is a damnable act? A damnable act is any sin that God said, if you practice willfully, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Have we not just proved that suicide is an act of the will in 99.99% of the cases? Have we not proved it? 
Galatians 5.19 says the acts of the flesh are obvious, idolatry. That has to be present in their life, a false view of God. Hatred towards themselves and towards others. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, putting themselves above their family. Envy, uh, wishing they had a better life and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You live like that, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That young girl thinking she's getting back at that boyfriend will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'll talk about my love for them in just a moment, but I have to be honest with the word first, don't I? I said, don't I? It's not about my emotions. I could put a robot up here and push the buttons and read my sermon. How many know it's still true? I'll tell you my heart in just a moment, but hear the word of God. Hebrews 10, 26, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. This is, has to do with Christians. They say, well, what if you were a Christian? If you keep on sinning after being a Christian, there's no sacrifice for you. The belief you had when you came into Christ has to be preserved. The Bible says continue in faith, fight the good fight of faith. If you live in continual sin, you'll come to unbelief. It's faith that brought you in, and unbelief will bring you out. Uh, Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 11, that we're grafted into the vine of God by faith, but we can leave by unbelief. How is the heart affected by sin? Hebrews chapter 3 says, sin hardens the heart towards unbelief. So in other words, the more you sin, the less you believe in God until you're cut off from him. Just like with Samson, the more he sinned, he was cut off from God, and then there was a time that the Spirit of the Lord left him, and he shook himself, and he knew not. He went to fight his enemies, but now the Spirit of the Lord had left him. But only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So God's going to judge his enemies, and you'll become an enemy if you continue in sin. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Watch this. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished? Somebody say, deserves to be punished. Thank you, deserves to be punished, who has treated an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace. There is no greater insult against the spirit of grace than suicide. Did you all hear what I just said? Our arch nemesis is the devil, and his number one plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. There is nothing that insults the grace and love of God more than suicide. And what is the little sidekick to suicide is that beautifully broken garbage that's coming in Christianity right now. The pastor who committed suicide, you know what the name of his sermon series was? That time he committed, while well, he was committing suicide, hot mess, hot mess. He reaped, he reaped what he sown. You better stop thinking about yourself as a hot mess, beautifully broken, and all of that garbage. You better guard your thinking because it may take you to a pitch you don't see. You are setting a trap for yourself with that kind of thinking. You better say what the Bible says. I am beautifully healed. He has given me ashes instead of mourning, a garment of praise. Hallelujah. The Bible says, you, you treat this as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them. You've insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Not only will God judge his enemies, he'll judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Those of you who are here today, you know God spared you. The ones who stood up, you know God spared you from this, and part of it was you fearing the Lord. Because I've had people testify all over these Facebook pages. I knew if I did that, I would go to hell. And it kept me, it kept me from doing that sinful act. It's the prideful who think they can take their life and be welcomed into God's presence. Do not lie to yourselves, my friends. Can I hear an amen? 
Revelation chapter 21, 7 through 8 says, Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. You must finish the walk of faith. You must end with faith. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magical arts, the idolaters, all liars, they will be consigned to the burning lake of fire. Where do cowards go? Where do the unbelieving go? Where do the murderers go? Convince me that a suicide person is not those three things. I've already offered debate of pastors. Find Pastor Lauren, put it on Facebook, get me a pastor or a mental health expert in their field. I will debate this right now. Are those who commit suicide cowards, unbelieving, and murderers? I'll debate it all day long. Give me an expert. Give me another pastor that disagrees. It's a sin of cowardice. It's the sin of unbelief, and it's the sin of murder. Now, can a suicide victim be forgiven if it's a failed attempt? Absolutely. Can a person who committed abortion be forgiven? Can a transgender person be forgiven? Yes. And so what's our point? Our point is to preach to sinners, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Our heart is to see sinners saved. Suicidal sinners, abortion-loving sinners, homosexual transgender sinners, people from other religion sinners. This is a worldview sermon series. We will test the worldviews of this world. And this suicidal worldview has been tested and found to be a devil's lie. Now you want to know my opinion? You want to know my opinion on this? 10 years up in 25%. 10% just in the last three years with Robin Williams. What has changed? The acceptance of it. What happened 10 years ago that changed the way all of us live and interact with each other? Social media. And what began to happen was people began to say, don't look at them as cowards. Don't look at them as murderers. These memes began to come up, these beautifully broken memes, these silently suffering memes, and they began to convince people that you're wrong to judge, you're wrong to preach against them, and that by doing that you're going to make it worse against them. But their method has failed. Their method has failed miserably. Why? Because what you think is acceptable, you're more apt to do. When you think you're going to the other side, when some backslidden pastor told you, yes, you can go there right now if you want. It won't have as many rewards, but you can still go there. That is why the epidemic is growing. It's because now the visual makes them look brave. Do you want to know what John Wesley said? Can I tell you what John Wesley said when he saw an, uh, an epidemic of suicide raising up in the time of the people of England? I'll read it to you. See, these are the same people that want you to think that the way we view homosexuality is archaic and barbaric. Look at those stupid Christians. They still think it's a sin. And they want you to feel bad about suicide. But listen to what John Wesley said. He said, only let there be a law made and rigorously executed that the body of every self-murderer, notice he calls them a self-murderer, lord or peasant, doesn't matter if they were famous or if they were the kid down the street, shall be hanged in chains and the English fury will cease at once. 
Let's hang their body down right where the bean is at right now and shame them for this wicked act they did to our culture. I guarantee you we do more public executions, criminals will start to fear God more. We hang suicidal bodies up in the town square. People will stop looking at them as victims and heroes and those who deserve our godless pity and unmerited grace. Only pity and grace come from the grace of God and the pity of the Lord Jesus. We are not here to applaud this epidemic and sit back and do nothing afraid that we offend the gods of popular opinion. And now let me say this with a preacher's heart because people now want to say that I don't have the right because of what I've been through. Even though I've said that I had three suicidal friends uh, commit suicide, and I want to now tell you my testimony again. At the age of 18, high on drugs, with a life of despair, I called up my mother and I said, put me in a mental hospital. You don't know me and you don't know what I have been through. I was moments away from death. My friend had already killed himself. Though I was not suicidal at that moment, you have no idea what I would have done a day or a week later. I'm so angry at the devil. And now that I stand here and I tell you, Jesus set me free, people want to question my testimony. You have no right, and there will be no sinning, coward, unbelieving, vile person to tell me my testimony's not real. I'll meet you on judgment day, you foul sinner, and I will be entered into the presence of God, being told, well done, good and faithful servant, and you will be confined to the devil's hell, who was a murderer from the beginning. That's what the Bible says he was. Now I want to give you an example that you can understand. That is the passion of my heart. Listen to me. Now somebody may even say back to me, as I heard somebody else say when I told my testimony in seminary, they said, Pastor, you tell your testimony, and it may give somebody false hope. Don't tell it that way because there may be other people dealing with other mental issues. I said, I will never stop telling my testimony. It is mine. God gave it to me, and the devil can't take it away. People need to hear the hope in Jesus. Hallelujah. So let me tell you an example so I can help you with this. Imagine, I'm going to use an example here. God gave this to me. I want you to hear it. Imagine if you were playing a video game, and at the end of this board, you face a boss, kind of like you did in Mario Brothers. You would face a boss, okay? Now imagine they put into this video game an undefeatable boss. No matter what weapons you use to kill that little boss, it won't go away. You only have 60 seconds to kill him or the bridge you're standing on goes away. The bridge is ticking down. you got to kill the boss. But they have made in the video game the boss undefeatable. You ask your friends, how do we defeat the boss? Your friend tells you, before you enter the board, you touch this tree, a magical sword comes out. That's the only thing that kills that boss. Are you listening to me? You go onto the board. You face the boss, you destroy it in seconds. Your friend 
didn't know that, or, or the, the, your other friend now doesn't know that, and he's been going through the same troubles you've been going through. Don't you owe it to your friend to tell them about the sword that beats the boss? This is the world right now. They are losing the suicide. They are getting their tails whipped. And there is a weapon that defeats it every single time. And it is the blood of Jesus, the word of God. He said he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He said we're more than conquerors. And so listen to me. They want to tell us how big their problems are. I want to tell them how big our God is. Just because I haven't wasted the last 20 years of my life fighting suicide doesn't mean I haven't seen that joker knocked out in Jesus' name. Only difference is Jesus gave me the power to knock him out. But don't you tell me I underestimate his power. I know who the thief is. I know he wanted to destroy my drugs, uh, destroy my life on drugs. I know what he's capable of. And I'm telling you, Jesus is more powerful. Jesus is more powerful. Can I hear an amen? I want to close out today giving you the solution to suicide. Now that we know that God has an answer to our problems. And I want to reiterate to you, use doctors, use medicine. That's fine. Because every doctor, every good treatment will say you have to have the will to live. Can I hear an amen? Every book will tell you, you must want to live. And so here's how you can get the will to live. Believe that Jesus came to set suicidal captives free. Believe that every time it talks about people getting free in the Bible, it's talking about you. No more of this hopeless despair that is not talking about you. Believe it. Stop saying it doesn't apply to you. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus will heal you to preach deliverance to the captives. You might feel captive by your emotions. You, you might be going through menopause. There may be chemicals changing. Very true. I have watched my mother-in-law go through this, but she stood on the word of God. Her will to live outlasted the chemicals realigning. Jesus will set you free. He'll give you the hope beyond the scope of human limitation. And even if your body should die, as people do in cancer and all of these miserable things, we just lost a child of cancer who loved Jesus, a, a Christian in the community of anti-abortion work. He just passed, but he passed in the presence of God. He passed with the peace of God. He'll set you free from the turmoil within. Recovery of sight to the blind, your eyes will see the Lord. To set at liberty them that are bruised. See, I didn't get a chance to talk about 13 Reasons Why. It's a TV show on Netflix glorifying suicide. My friends, Jesus will set you free. I'll give you one reason. I even wrote a song about this years ago when I helped a girl get out of a suicide. I've helped between 50 to 75, maybe upwards of 100 people live for Jesus Christ from depression and suicide. And I wrote a song based on her coming to me. And I said, you may have a million reasons to die, but you, I can give you a million and one reasons to live. And the first one starts with Jesus. I can give you more reasons than you can ever give me to live. Uh, I can give you more reasons to live than you can to die. And the first one starts with Jesus. Recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty, them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 
every time you call my phone, you don't get the, you get the answering machine. I don't pick up. It says, every day's a good day with Jesus. I said that the day I buried my sister when she died drinking and driving. I've said that at funerals. I've said that when I've gone through my hardest times, when my wife was in an accident, we had to go through those things that made our life difficult. I will say it to the day I die. Every day is a good day with Jesus because I would rather go through it with Jesus than without Jesus. So what do we do? It's real simple. There's, there's, there's no extra thing Christians have to do. They just have to be vigilant and have the worldview of a Christian. Faith is believing, isn't it? Come on, somebody. If you see suicide as a way out, you'll never want to get rid of that desire. If you see it as sin sending you to hell, you won't look at it the same. And if you see Jesus as your Savior, you'll pursue life, not death. So what do you do? Get born again. Get filled with the Holy Spirit and live as an obedient disciple. Pray and speak the Word of God daily over your life. I have a chart here of 120 things you can confess over your life. They say we have somewhere around 20,000, 30,000 thoughts a day, and over 80% are negative towards ourselves. Are you listening? Here's 120 thoughts to put in your, day, your mind every single day. How about this? How about you filter your thoughts through the things of God? The Bible says in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So you start with the things we were told to think about, and you look at it as a filter. It's what, number one, it's what I'm thinking about true. Well, it may be true your mom died. It may be true as a pastor the church is small or whatever. Okay, is it true? And the next thing you've got to ask yourself to think about it is, is it noble? Is it noble to keep thinking about my mother that has died? Would my mother want me to keep thinking about her now that she's dead? Would my mother want me to think about her dead in a grave or about the times we spent at the mall having fun, going shopping, doing whatever we did? The next thing is, is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it praiseworthy? Meaning you take all of those 30,000 thoughts every day and you filter them and the only thing that can come out is what God's word is. Y'all get that? There's your answer. Renew your mind. Change your life. You know what they call it right now? In neurology, they call it neuroplasticity. That as you think in your soul, your brain begins to change. Because they once used to think you were just a brain that was uh, stagnant, that your brain would always be the same. But now they know that you can change your brain. The leading expert in OCD, Dr. Jeffrey Swartz, has now come out with breakthrough therapy that teaches people to even see their brain in scans change as they think. And as they begin to change how they think, the brain responds to it. Just like we talked about the burning candle, the, the, the fire goes out and it begins to now be built back up. Come on, somebody say thank you Jesus. The Bible gave us that a long time ago. Follow God's plan for your thoughts. And then number four, ask for help and receive instruction when needed. Now let me ask you a question. Could that pastor commit suicide if he counted his body as a living sacrifice and renewed his mind? No. Could he have committed suicide if he was next to his wife and kids and, and, and they were there to help him? No. So what do you have to do? Instead of making a decision to go to the bridge, you go to your wife, you go to your family. Instead of making a decision to go to the gun closet, the same legs that walked your behind over there, you walk your behind right up to this altar. And you get an accountability partner, and you get somebody to pray with you, and you don't suffer alone. Because if you die in suicide, you will suffer alone in hell. So you make that decision right now. And don't believe these memes. Everybody look up at me. Don't believe these memes that keep telling you you're beautifully broken. 
that it's not a matter of your will and that you're being overcome and that you don't have a choice and that you are just a victim. That is what's going to lead you to suicide. Believing that you can change, believing you are who God says you are, you will see a new you. The Perfect You by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. You Are Not Your Brain by Dr. Jeffrey Sports. Dare, Helping with Anxiety, Barry McDowell. Happiness is a Choice, Dr. Paul Meyer, the leading Christian expert, has two clinics here in our city. The biggest Christian clinics are, writ- are, are by the book that man's written by, and Freedom from Fear. Everybody will tell you depression can't make you kill yourself. The fear can't make you kill yourself. Schizophrenia can't make you kill yourself. It's your choice, so make the choice to live for Jesus. Amen. Can we all stand to our feet and give Jesus a hand clap of praise today? Come on. Band and altar workers, would you come, please? Before we go, I want to ask you a question. How many of you believe I love you? How many of you believe I love people who are thinking about suicide even right now? Amen. But how many know I love them enough to tell them the truth? You came here today for a reason, and I'm here to tell you the truth. Live for Jesus. It breaks my heart to see what happens to people when they take their lives and how it affects others. Do you know that those who have had parents commit suicide, they're now three times more likely to do it? Think about the suffering the person inflicted to their family. Think about someone other than yourself, right? Do you know that the Bible says that if you don't take care of your family, if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel? Did you know the Bible said that as well? So let me ask you a question. Do you love yourself the way Jesus loves you? Because if you don't love yourself the way Jesus loves you, you're going to believe lies. Not loving yourself is not an attribute, a godly good attribute. The Bible literally says that all the love you give somebody else is only the love you have for yourself. Think about that. Love your neighbor as your... So if you only have this much love for yourself, listen, that's all the love you can give people. Now, I've heard people say, well, I love my kids more than I love me. I love this. No, no, no. You don't understand what love is. What you're thinking is, I'll do more for my kids than I do for me. That's true. You know, if you didn't have enough money for Christmas presents for yourself, you're obviously getting it for your kids. But listen to what I'm talking about. If this is all the love you have for yourself, this is all the love you can have for your kids. Why? Watch, Watch this. Because if you knew your kid's mind and thinking as much as you knew your own mind and thinking, you would hate them as much as you hate yourself. Did you all even get that? Some of you, did you get what I just said? Did you get it? Be honest. Did you get what I said? I'm going to say it again. If you only love yourself this much, but you say I love other people more, like you're, you're, you're thinking like, I just don't like myself a lot, but I love my kids more. Listen, you're deceiving yourself. Because if you were in your children's mind and knew their mind like how you know your mind, you would hate them as much as you hate yourself. The only reason why you think you love somebody more than yourself is because you don't know their thoughts. You know yours, so you beat yourself up. You would beat up yourself if you were in the child's body. If there was a Friday switch, freaky Friday switch, you would hate them as much as you hate yourself. You cannot love anybody more than you love yourself because you're the one you live within. You are the one you know the most.
And if you don't know how to forgive yourself, you wouldn't forgive yourself if you were in your child's position. So whatever you think you're giving to them more than you're giving to yourself, it's not true. It's an illusion. You actually are only giving them this much love because that's as much love as you love yourself. So you better learn to love yourself as Christ loves you. Love shows worth, right? Everybody know that? Love shows worth. You love your car, it shows you value your car, right? Come on, somebody, can I get an amen? You love your children, it shows you value your children, right? But you can't value something more than yourself because yourself is the ultimate goal of what you do with those things. So people who say, I love my kids so much, I took my life, that is stupid, isn't it? I was such a burden. I was such a burden. That's a lie. They actually did more damage to their children than ever imaginable. Come on, are y'all getting this? See, but this is this false mentality people believe. I'm a burden on them, and I love them so much. It's just me I don't love. No, you actually hate them too. Y'all getting that? I hope somebody's getting it today. You hate them too. So what does God want you to do? Watch this. God wants you to love yourself as much as he loves you. <laughs> See, when you know how much God loves you, you can now love your neighbor as yourself. How much does God love you? Well, the Bible says it's right there written on our truck. Take some selfies next to the truck too, please. For God so loved the world. All of us, all of the mistakes, despite all of our mistakes, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The love of God shows his worth just like your love shows your worth. How much are you worth to God? You're worth the eternal son. <laughs> Think about that. Think about how much God loves you. Now, when I think about that, could there ever be a stressful situation that would have me take my life away from my kids? Could there ever be amount of drugs you put me on? Could you torture me to that point? No, because now I think just the opposite. I'll lay down my life for them. My love is now a sacrifice for them. I love them so much and I want to give everything I have. Can I hear an amen? God came to save us. Let him save you. Last thing I'm going to say, let him save you. You're drowning. You're choking. It's just about over. I'm reaching out my hand to you. You slap my hand and say, you stupid person, let me die. I go, no, I'm coming to save you. No, let me die. I'm saying to all those here who have been slapping away God's hands, Accept him today. He's reaching out his hand to you, but he won't force you. He can't do it. Did you know God loved you enough that he let you do evil? He let you make that choice. Did you know God loved you enough that he let you kill yourself? He won't send angels to stop it. Though there may be a miracle for some, but don't count on it. He'll let you go to hell even if you don't want to be with him. He loves you that much. John 10, 10 says this. Let's read it together. One, two, three. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's pray now. Father, if there's anyone here.
dealing with depression, I pray they come forward right now and receive healing. If you're here in this room, come quickly right now. No one's going to embarrass you. Let us pray for you. If you need healing, don't be ashamed. We're going to pray right now. Lord, I pray for anyone dealing with suicide, anyone dealing with pain, anyone feeling that they're not worth anything. I pray you change their life right now. 30 more seconds. Come on. Who else today says, I need prayer? Come quickly. Come quickly. God has a plan for your life. He'll change you. You'll never be the same again. Come on. Come on. Let's get another woman prayer worker right here. Come on, Nandri. Help her. Thank you. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. A few more moments. A few more moments. Come on. Come on. Come on. Jesus loves you. Don't let the devil lie to you today.